Okay, episode 124, Eye of the Storm. This episode, we were taking a look at trying to access our, I guess, the, the center of our beings and finding the different ways that we could arrive there or uh, somehow navigate the things that distract us from that central place and uh, share our stories. So, Nate, take it away. I've done different forms of meditation in the past and trying to it, – it always drove me crazy when people be like, oh, go inside. The answers are searching inside. It's like inside where? So that was my main focus here is to, to pave my own direction to it. And what my experience was, the most beneficial thing that I kind of changed in this sitting for meditation um, – sorry – my computer is like, I don't know if Sarah's using our Apple remote or something, but like things are going nuts on here. Apologies. Um, so, so my experience in this, the big change that I did in technique was I started putting my awareness in my chest area. And I think that breathing s slow and deep really was not only beneficial to that, but I wonder if that's something that people are, when they say focus on the breath, is that what they're going for? Because I feel like I live so much, so much of my life between my eyes and like in my head, like I think like my center of consciousness is in my head. And it's funny that you bring up going into our centers because that's what I was really trying to get into with this. And it's something that I kind of feel like I skirted around in the past. So this coming up and you talking about it, I'm like, there we go. Awesome. And just by placing my, my focus and anything that I had, any way that my brain was going and trying to take me other places, I would try to just go, nope, and bring that right back down into my chest. And I had a really good experience through this and getting in touch more of, instead of in thought out of that and into uh, energy and, and being and centeredness, it all just came forth at that point. And different sensations that I've had throughout life, um, that I'll expand on a little later as we get going to see what you guys hear too. But my overall experience was just mainly to get out of thought and find those gaps in between. And it was pretty incredible. Yeah. I like what you said about, um, kind of feeling trapped between your eyes. You know, you kind of, there's a tendency to want to believe that you're the, you're somehow this little guy situated inside your skull, you know, and you're like riding this, this, um, this horse basically, you know, um, to steal a metaphor that I just read about. Um, but I, you, I tend to, with that idea, think that I'm in charge and breathing and also focusing on on the body and i think the chest or the stomach is a better place to to focus on when you're trying to to feel as opposed to think is um was very beneficial uh i i noticed that as well i feel like more and more in touch with a more somatic feel of myself but also from that place you feel kind of a little bit of distance from the thoughts you can still be aware of the thoughts without feeling so attached without feeling like that's me, you know, and it's probably a better place to, to not get so engaged and reactive with what's going on and your, your own kind of mental processes. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, one of the things that I, I would think about when I was at work in a place that was really stressful and things were coming at me when I was bartending in a huge volume place is I was able to get into that center and eye of the storm a lot of times. And the only thing that threw me off that would throw me out of it was just too many things that I would label as not going my way coming in where it's like it would break down my ability to keep it cool. And I really think that's just what thought is too. And we've become so accustomed to, we don't realize we just have a nonstop train of thoughts coming through. But by doing this, it was, it was making a a place of relaxation where I was losing emotional tethers to things like crazy. I don't, I'm okay with most anything, but then also it seems like my day would always go much better too. And what I would usually perceive as good luck, you know, it didn't seem that way. It was like, no, I'm just in the groove and the world is in the groove too. So there's definitely, I definitely noticed an interaction between me and my environment. And I think that a lot of this is my goal through this is to get a better handle on that kind of stuff. And so far it it seems like I, I always want to do a thing, but this is the only thing to do that I've noticed this vast difference in me and my outside environment and my relationships and things. And it's literally me just getting to a place where I'm not doing anything (laughs) where I'm giving it a rest and then it gives a better focus for my next thought or contraction, just like working out or anything proper rest along with focused action gives better results than anything. But it's like just this onslaught of thoughts is what usually doesn't give the definitive start and stop and Nah. Nah. <laughs> what say you, Phil? Um, yeah, just hearing what you guys were talking about with uh, folk trying to like refocus yourself on like from a different perspective, not between the eyes and like lower. That to me, I'm I'm already fascinated with, and that seems like a tool that I want to. I try to, you know, implement, um, as I was doing it, my rhythm, just because I was like, I've always thought of it as like, okay, you have to go in a room and it's gotta be silent and it's, you know, it has to have all these requisites. And that's why I think a lot of people are like, nah, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I don't want to do that. I, cause I'm not going to, I'm not going to take that time. I don't have that time and space. I'm a busy person. And that's exactly, you know, where I was like, okay, well that's part of the problem. That is something that you should do, but that becomes a, a hurdle. And, and then it all, it almost becomes like this convenient thing. Like, oh, I don't have the time. And it kind of just thrusted upon me one day when I was at work and I'm at work, and I'm sure both of you have experienced this, when you're working extremely hard, you get into bad mental ruts. Ah, fucking this, this, you know, this person, blah, blah, blah. And you're kind of just like grunting along, and you're getting a lot of work done, but it's, People yeah. pushing it's me around. <laughs> exactly. And so I was like there. And I'm like, why am I waiting to meditate? Like, this is a perfect time. I've done these actions a million times. No extra thought needs to go into this. This is an activity where I know what I'm... My body knows. I I can totally turn my mind off right now if I want to. 
if I focused myself. So then I was like, you know, I, I called you up, Chris, and I sent like a million text messages because it was the greatest day I've had at work on a, you know, in that department because I was able to 180 shift and I've never been able to do that. I've, I've been able to like kind of quiet it down, but this was a complete flop where I was like, whoa, today was amazing. And the only thing that was different was I really started focusing on my breath and I, I would veer off as we always do, because it's such a ingrained pattern into our normal daily rhythm to just have these thoughts and to kind of, you know, attach ourselves to them and really like live in those, you know, bogus scenarios that your mind's just throwing at you. And it's really not good when you're doing something that's like frustrating because the thoughts that come to you during that is like frustration. So you live in those and, um, through focusing on my breath, I just like cleared this space where I was like, well, I actually kind of like this because it was like I was doing in my mind what I was essentially doing with my work, which was like, I've done this a million times. I don't need to be in a negative thought that I've been in a million times. I can turn that off too. So then it was like, my mind and my body were on autopilot. And I'm like, whoa, it's really nice here. And, um, and so it was cool because at first like thoughts were coming and then I just, I was able to disengage with them. I was so excited because I, I don't think I've, I've like sat down, I've had a quiet room and I've, I've felt kind of like the buzz from a meditation you know, where you just feel like, oh, that was nice to just get away in silence. But I don't know if I ever really felt like um, quite like this, where the environment was so chaotic. I mean, I guess the bartending would be the closest scenario. But um, yeah, it was really nice. And then I did it at home um, during lunchtime, and that became my my routine and I, I will definitely keep that up because that was nice and it focused me um, it kind of like for the first time as I was like sitting there having lunch and Elaine is having lunch and I just really like I f it reminded me of the very first time I got high and felt it and it wasn't like overly crazy it was just like whoa, this is different. This is new. And it's almost like you start having flashbacks from when you were a little kid and everything was new. And there's like this excitement and everything's shiny, you know? And as I was in that kind of space, it was strange because my eyes were open. And I remember hearing that long ago that if you're meditating correctly, like maybe your eyes should be open. I could be getting that wrong, but I, I, do recall hearing something like that and my eyes were open and I was just like focused on one spot way off in the distance. I was just feeling my breath, making sure it was steady and it was like what my body needed. And as I was kind of like going into that state, it was crazy because I had, I don't know how long I had been doing it, but everything clouded around my eyes except for like the spot. 
and I'm sure you guys have experienced that before. If you stare in one spot for long enough, things are cloud. But it was doing that, and I was so just like, it felt like, um, you know, like just recharging, like putting your your phone on the charger. It's like, oh, this is nice, you know. I love that you you talk about not only doing it in action because I think that's the most important thing. That's something I want to get better about is getting to that mode while going in the world, not just, well, I got to go to my cushion and light my candles and all that stuff. I think that's super important. And also what you're saying about that long stare that you have, I think that we all naturally meditate at different moments in life where you you're doing the thousand thousand yard stare and you're just sitting there and looking and whether it's, you're having a very, very focused single point of thought or you're just letting it go. It's like, I think that's kind of the two movements of meditation. It's either I'm getting extremely focused on one thing and seeing it through. I'm out of it. But what's the first thing that always happens when you either blink and kind of come out of that, or you get interrupted by somebody almost to like, it's almost like the universe is shaking you like, Hey, you were out of thought, get back in thinking just like us. You know, like, oh, you slipped away for a second. No, 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 no. And I think that's kind of like our natural, that's Maya. That's like, don't be different. Stay just like us. Let's go. No, that's a, that to me, hearing that, it's a fascinating thought. And I think you're absolutely right. It's almost like a default mechanism that your body knows it needs that even during the day. Obviously, we all sleep at night and we're kind of connecting back to, or we should be. But that, you know, considering all the infomercials and everything, I don't think everybody's tapping all the way in anymore because of coffee and bad habits. But I think you're absolutely right. And it's it's strange to me because I remember, you know, in an interview that I watched with Bill Murray, he's talking about, he's like, you ever just catch yourself where you're like offline? He's like, I don't ever want to be like that. I want to be like focused. and, And but I think you're absolutely right that it's like, that's not a bad thing. That's, that's probably like, you know, if you suffocate yourself, your body's going to be like, and it will have, you know, it's like hyperventilating. If you're in cold water, your body's trying to get, you know, override you because this is something that you absolutely need and you're not getting. So that's a fascinating thought. I like that. Yeah. And I think what Bill, I think he brings up a good point too, that it's like, you don't want to be spacey, you know, right. I don't want to be ineffective when I do need to do things or when I'm handling the that's different true. responsibilities of life. But that's, I think that would be using the right tool. Uh, that would be using a tool in the wrong context where I think it's, I think that we would agree with Bill on it too, that you don't want to be ineffective on the things that you want to do and, and be too unfocused. But there's those points in, in your day where the right amount or the times when you can completely be unfocused and, and just be, I think that does so much for us when we go back to our normal waking existence. Let's ride this wave. I like, I like the idea of, so what we are all trying to do is be effective and present in the moments that we need to be effective and present and take control of those two realms. Right. Mm -hmm. That's, That's all there is to focus in anything is, are you here with me a hundred percent? Are you listening 
and getting the information, whether or not you're getting exactly what I'm trying to say, but you are there and you are interpreting the information that I'm giving to you, or are you in a, in a state where you don't need to be that? And then you're like, okay, I'm switching off. I don't need to be hyper-focused right now. I have the time and space. I'm in a safe environment. And now I can switch out of that mode and into this mode. If you had control of both of those realms properly, you'd probably have better sleep. You'd probably be more tentative. Or what's the word I'm looking for? Is it attentive? Attentive? Attentive. In the moments that you need it, and then in the moments that you don't and you need to recharge your batteries, you're like, okay, I'm recharging. And to have control of both of those would be, I think, that is what people need to be focused. That's a, I like that. I think I like that thought. I think so, yeah. And I think that the, uh, the whole point of this is we're kind of calling for contrast, right? I want better relaxation and better action. So to do that, and to be able to focus on, and, and if the tool is to do it with the breath and learning how to unfocus our minds, it seems like we're calling to that contrast instead of muddying everything together and graying everything out. And I think that's what our minds have been doing up until this point yeah. in life as necessity too. I think that that's something that this isn't like something's bad and something's good. It's just the natural progression to go through life and realize like, oh, okay, I'm becoming an adult now. I'm I'm trying to see what all the tools are to use. Instead of it just coming at you, you're choosing what you want to use. It makes a lot of sense to me. What do you think, Chris? What are your ideas on? I think that there's a lot of things competing for our attention. And it, it's like you had said, it's not necessarily a good or a bad thing. I think we all want the best. But it's it's like we want to believe that it's somewhere else. It's going to be, we're going to have that that the better life through some other distraction or whatever. We're always trying to get something through something, some other vehicle. And it's just amazing to me how many of these distractions are, are never as satisfying as those like kind of pure authentic moments where not a whole lot's going on, or at least maybe, maybe there's a lot going on, but you're, you didn't try to get it this way. Exactly. You know, you're just kind of, you've got this i've had moments where i'm just on another plane you know and i don't really mind what's going on it just seems like i didn't try to uh, mastermind this exactly this way but it's just like i just this nice space you know this nice energy you know and and to me it's my brain of course goes i like this i want more of this and this is how we're going to get it. We could probably do it this way, that way. It's stop, just stop. And I, but I find myself pulling out my phone. I find myself checking the news, I checking that and checking this. And it's like, and it's all for a good reason. It, it thinks it could get something real through that, but it always seems like it's another distraction. And I think those distractions are something that we always put our own energy into and it's amazing how I, I can kind of see myself a little bit too late going yeah I wasted my energy and I can feel that whereas these other moments I don't feel like anything's wasted it feels like 
I wasn't, you know, pouring out myself into this bucket that I was going to just throw on the lawn. You know, I was really coming back to that place where nothing is wasted. And um, it's just coming in contact with something that's always kind of just, I don't want to say stable, but it's this dynamic thing that really is not something you can like use up in that way. Um, I just became through these past couple weeks just more aware of the possibility of wasting my own energy through that attention or, um, you know, or finding that, that place to, to attend to during, you know, no matter what was going on, whether I was sitting down peacefully or at work when things were going crazy. I had one day, I, I called you, Nate, um, after having a very odd personal experience throughout the day. And not only were things just kind of going along and I was just watching everything, but I had the very weird feeling that I wasn't the one driving my animal. Like it was something else, you know, and it's like, and it, I don't think it's something you could try to do because you'll mess it up. But I just had the feeling like, wow, even myself, even I don't have to do that guy, you know? It was weird. I mean, it was, I would think that most people would have to take drugs for something like that. But I am like the ego, the body, it can, it can tend to itself. Well, and then that doesn't make any sense to me. What the hell am I, if I'm going to let this guy go do his stuff? I, up until now, I thought he was me, you know? Um, but it's, and that's not going to be a stable thing. I'm going to have to take it with a grain of salt and just try again and have, you know, uh, learn something from it and kind of gently analyze it and just keep going forward. I, and I think that one of the biggest things that I really saw, and I, I feel like I'm just, you know, probably preaching to the choir, but you've got to be really gentle with it, with whatever's going on, whether it's, I cannot sit down and try to stop my thoughts. Um, and maybe if I wanted to bring up a whole bunch of crazy thoughts and I wanted to look at him, sure. Um, but, um, and then out in the real world, it's just <laughs> kind of find your place and just watch it happen. I, I evoked the, the comedian again at one point, um, on a day that we were going to target to pick up a bunch of, um, uh, kids uh school supplies and i realized that it's the weekend before and so every parent had the same idea to be in the same part of target at the same time in roseville and i show up and i i just nearly start crying laughing you know because i'm looking at all the people and they're looking at me like yeah yeah me too and for whatever reason i just had that that normal feeling like okay chris don't 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 do chris don't be chris right now you know and um, for whatever reason, it's like I could kind of see that coming out of me. And then it's like, do whatever you want. Um, and immediately I just separate and kind of go to this other place. And I'm just like, I'm just going to enjoy this. And it was a fun experience. And I, I could be much more the 
the witness to what was going on around me and also the witness to all the crazy stuff coming up inside my head. But in either case, you're being attentive to something. Where I think the exact opposite of that is you're... It's a, it's a total different quality. It's everything that's going on, it's a flat out no, no, no. And it takes a, you know, kind of the opposite reaction to say, not even a yes, but just see what happens. And I think the breath work, staying with my kind of my, the feeling of the moment as opposed to the mental aspect of it really helped me as well. I kind of envisioned this idea of creating a space about around whatever was going around, going on. And, and I just allowed whatever to happen to happen and just watched it like I was watching a movie. Do you guys feel like, do you notice any differences in yourself and and just overall, like your day after you do have a meditation, I always notice that my skin tone looks way better. Like when you're working out and you get kind of that golden look, which I imagine is probably just better blood flow. But have you guys noticed anything like that? Hmm. I haven't yet, but I'll, I'll pay attention to that to see. I haven't really noticed it. No, not nothing I've really thought about. All right. I can only imagine that it would, though. You know, it's weird, like getting into um, plants a little bit. It's, it's kind of fascinating to me that you. I mean, anything that you do, you're going to start seeing life through that lens a little bit more but i i think of like plants are living creatures and or living beings in their own right and it's like it's real easy to see when they're not getting enough fertilizer not not getting enough water not getting enough light they'll let you know right away and it's the same for us, you know, and I can only imagine that it, it would be the exact same thing that, yeah, you would instantly right after meditation, you would see a difference in how you feel and how you look because you are getting that. And a lot of people, you look around the world right now and you're like, a lot of people are definitely missing <laughs> some big strokes, you know, it's so easy to be distracted all the time. Yeah. When I the one thing that kills me is that when I do reach for my phone and I do want to be informed and do all the distractions I normally do and I realize I didn't want any of that. Like it was none of it was an authentic want. Like it, right. it's it's never worth it. I'm going but it was well, just a habit. But why do I do it? <laughs> yeah. Like you never yeah. said, uh, I wanna, I wanna get lost down a rabbit hole on YouTube for the next hour. Why? Why would you do such a thing? You know, um, you, you just got done saying that you don't have enough time. You're like, why? <laughs> yeah. 
oh, I'm just pissing it away over here. Meanwhile, I'm complaining that I don't have enough. It's okay. Um, but yeah, that's another thing too, I think. And maybe it just goes along with the, the meditation or, you know, being aware of what you need. But and I don't know if it's a function of being older or what, but I, I cannot go very long without an adequate amount of sleep. I, I suffer so badly. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the same is true with a lot of other things. I mean, if you're not breathing correctly, you're not getting enough water, you're not getting enough sleep, um, you're not doing everything you're supposed to be doing, and then it's you, you just have to cover it up with, with caffeine and other drugs and all sorts of other crap, and it's just, it's never a substitute. Um, I've had so many days where I followed up one bad day of sleeping with a great day of sleeping, and I'm like, I should never do that again, because this feels too damn good, you know? And um, it, it also helped me with the meditation aspect, you know? It, it was It was less... In a lot of ways, this is not like I don't want to strictly say it's just meditation because to me, I just I was being better. I was not disrupted, and I could find myself doing certain things. And I was trying to do very uh, uncomfortable things at the same time. Try to find a way to find center while I'm doing a you know a heavy set of sprints that's taxing me, you know, and. Uh, rolling very tight hamstrings while I'm doing this, taking freezing cold showers, um, doing crazy stuff, and trying to find that place that's really not in a painful place during those moments. Um, I felt like if I could do it in those moments, then that would be just as beneficial as trying to find a, you know, a that quiet space within yourself when things are quiet. I feel like it's almost never quiet. So I might as well tackle the some resistance training when it comes to my own attention, you know? And I think that's, isn't that the practice of yoga? That's why they do it. Like, and I'm, I'm not saying that from experience because like yoga to me, I've never, it's like I I hear namaste and focus on your breath and everything, but I'm just kind of like doing it, you know? Yeah. I'm going through the, the motions and I'm not like, I don't think I'm mentally where I'm supposed to be when people are actually practicing yoga. But I think that's what they're doing, you know? Yeah. Like the yogis, they're like, you, you look at those guys and they're doing amazing stuff with their bodies and they're in a whole nother realm and they've been there way too long. Some of them, you know, yeah, it's, it, face painted dongs, like holding weights and stuff. And you're like, penis where baba. are you <laughs> right now? It doesn't look like namaste to you. Yeah. It's... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. And I think that it, in a lot of ways I've seen with the, uh, my own efforts it's trying to relax it's a hard thing not to try to combat to to resist your own resistance but i mean it kind of it starts to break down logically but i wanted to put myself in a painful situation and just allow it to happen and like i was (laughs) 
I, Phil, you and I mentioned, and I mentioned it to Nate several times. I I got pinged as well as far as Zen was concerned, and um, in several different areas, and it made sense to me. This is not something that I just want to. I want to say that it's not something I just want to read about, and yet I found many books to read, so it's like, shit. Um, But Zen, to me, was getting off your ass and doing something about it, which I think we're doing, but I didn't know anything about Zen. And so I... Where was I going with this? Um, I started reading books about uh, basically i mean it's i think i lost it you you started with um it was before you before you were talking about getting pinged you were talking about like taking pain and like going through something that's really painful and then focusing yourself and show us the back of your hand chris i want to see the acid burn You know how to make soap? Um, yeah, no, and that's that's come up for me too, as far as that. But it, it's, I normally don't want to do that. I mean, it, I I can talk real tough and say that I want to get in that shower. I'm going to take my cold shower, and then it's like, uh, but not tonight. But oh, it's kind of cold, you know. And I, I wasn't doing it to be tough. I was doing it to. Like, it really is nothing. I I was doing it to try to remember that place in myself that's really not affected, you know? It's just a, it's just a phenomenal thing going on that is not that bad. And to kind of go with what we were talking about before, you know, getting comfortable being uncomfortable, it was... I'm usually trying to find a way to make my life more enjoyable, more comfortable, but it doesn't really, it doesn't do anything to me the way pushing myself against some type of struggle does. And I wanted, I I love that moment where the resistance starts to break down and, and I started to walk around and it's, it, you feel like you've accomplished something. And I don't want to make that sound like it just, you know, purely for an improvement, but it's like, it's not the confidence of, you know, going, Oh, I've got 18 inch guns or something. It's the confidence of being able to, to push yourself. And in the face of something pushing against you is to, to let it change you. You know, I mean, I think that that's probably the one thing I've been learning about Zen right now. It's that, and something about the title of the book that really got to me. It's the Zen and the psychology of transformation. And I, I think that's, that's a big aspect of what we're trying to do here. And the one thing that I like about it, meditation never seemed to me like I was never trying to find a happy little fluffy place to where there was no thought. Um, it sounds nice in a way, but the things that I like best are when I feel transformed, when my universe feels transformed. That's the thing I get out of 
I remember being a kid and watching movies. That's what I was going for. That's what was so powerful about a movie to me. There was something in me that was like slapped around. I was getting woken up. And that's the best feeling on earth. Um, and I'm not doing it to impress others. I'm not. I'm doing it to... to uh, I'm doing it to change an aspect of myself that is, I don't know. I, I think that I've kind of, in some ways, I think that I've taken on the personality, especially as a teenager, of being the, the rebellious one, the one who fights. But in a certain way, this has become like the anti-battle against that. It's the the little guy that's fighting for that distinction is is slowly dying, and this other thing, which I don't know what it is, is going to be the thing left. But that that's a whole different that's a whole different animal. Um, and there's a I don't know. I'm ranting now, but you've really blossomed. Thank you. <laughs> you feel like no, what you were. You feel like uh, like when people in the past have talked about the death and rebirth, do you feel like that applies to that? That you feel like a part of you or a way that an old pattern of you is coming to an end and something new is rising from that? Yeah, I think that, and I've heard you mention it, Nate, about the, I don't know if you had said like a cycle or a circle or whatever, but... I've seen that in myself. It's just the conditioned pattern that it's like, okay, well, it's going to it's gonna happen again and again and again until you're done riding that train, basically. And I want to get better at catching those cycles and, and ending them, you know? Uh, and I think it, even just the book I was reading was talking a lot about that. It was, he would probably have some choice words to say as far as directing yourself towards a realization but he he saw like an organic consciousness basically almost like a a very intemporal informal emotion coming up an emotional state and he had said that us being kind of more like the mental the conscious ego is never really aware of that initial informal emotion. Um, it's only when it becomes like a formal, it rises up to like a, a consciousness that our our mental crap that we normally have kind of takes a hold of it and gives us an image of something that we are, we've already known. It's always the past. It's always something that we've got in our head. And we don't even have time to catch ourselves from going down that road. Um, but I think to be able to stay with the emotion, the, the feeling of kind of this moment, um, I think there's a potential for, to be able to dissolve the normal, the beliefs that we have in our head. They're just going to kind of, 
execute everything that we already feel and go, yeah, the past, let's do that again, you know? Um, and I think that we do have the power with our attention to be able to dissolve that crap. I'm still in the middle of reading all this stuff and kind of, it's funny too. I mean, a lot of it relates to what I've experienced in my life. And, uh, and a lot of it kind of seems like, I don't know if he's just saying it differently or if I just simply disagree, but it's definitely, it's definitely given me kind of like a, a lot to think about as far as attention and energy and, and the ways in which our, our past circles around and kind of repeats. Um, it's really dense though. <laughs> so I was really glad that Jed came up this morning for, to give me kind of a break, but Yeah, I just started just started reading Zen and the Art of Archery. Cause that kept I mean, it was just like one after the other, and finally I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> you know, like I'll I'll download this thing. And started reading it. Um I'm not very far into it, but already I'm like, yeah, there's there's something to the idea of doing a physical thing like i know nate and i we've experienced it in the bar because i think you have so many so many things going on at once that it forces you into this realm and i think that's actually pretty unique to bartending in a well situation i don't know if there's any sport that really um I don't know, like, you know, you see those those videos of, like, Michael Jordan. He was definitely feeling flow when he's, like, hanging for a second. You're like, what is that? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, he defies gravity at this point. Okay, now he's back to, and it's like, there's for a second, he's moving forward, He and he's it defies gravity. And you can see that he's thinking of a million things at once. And then all of a sudden, boom, he's in, he's in the zone in that moment. And when you float into that, or when you're forced into that, it's an incredible feeling. And it's unlike anything I'd ever experienced before or since it's just of its own creation, you know, and being there, you're like, Whoa, this is, it's like a magical place because you're fully aware that your body's doing something on its own. You're not thinking about that anymore. And you're just like kind of floating and you're like, I'm good. My body is overtaxed, right? And look at my body, you know, and it's just swinging around you. This is weird to be here. I haven't been here too often, but, um, but yeah, I don't exactly know um how to get into that in any other way but reading this book you you kind of get the sense that that's what these guys were doing that's what like these ancient archers were doing and they brought up the fact that they're like to you know to westerners it this will 
sound ridiculous that this was their religion. They didn't look at it like a sport. And he's like going into it and over explaining. I'm like, I know exactly what I've, you know, cause I, cause we've been there. I know exactly what they are sensing. And it's, of course that would be a religion that they're diving into flow and they're using that as a tool to get to a more spiritual place, a more focused um, and aware place. And they're turning certain, I, you know, certain parts of their awareness off and other ones on. And it's like, Whoa, what, what am I even right now? If that thing is still going 110 and I think that's what they're doing. They're using archery as a means to focus and unfocus. And it sounds like it's similar to golf, you know, where you have to get out of your head in order to do it. Um, you know, Gary Shandling, he he was reading and studying that and use, utilizing it for his comedy. And that seems like, oh, my God, yeah, that makes so much sense because... You can totally tell, and I've been there. I've only been there when you're like, you're trying. And the guys who are doing it effortlessly, they're able to get up there. And, you know, Steve Martin talking about having an out-of-body experience. Like, you're you're shifting things into a completely different state of awareness, you know. You're throwing your awareness, I guess, in that state. So yeah, that is spiritual. Yeah. I th I think a part of the process of that too is like it's like you learn something, you learn the actions of it and you get to a certain success rate with it where you're you're proficient in it. And then when things come at you or when you have to step it up into another gear, it can force you into a space where you're not consciously doing each thing it's almost like you become like a switchboard operator where you're just focusing on the next thing and it just happens by, by nature of something you've trained in and getting to that point more often is just, you're learning how to get to that eye of the storm. But I, in, in you talking about like Gary Shandling too, like what if that's kind of the path that we've been on already where we've learned the bakes basics of humaning and of interacting in our world. And now we're trying to kick in a flow state all the time. Cause you have those moments where you're, you're on, you know, and it can be something as simple as an interaction with some friends that you haven't seen in a while. And you're like, oh, God, it's so good to see all of you. But it's like you're just so happy to be there that your jokes are funnier. You're more timely. You're more charming. You know, it, it, in anything that you do, that always brings out what you would perceive as the best of you. It's like a, a loss of self. And you go into just the action itself. You become one with it. I think it can apply to anything. I think archery yeah. is um, it's crazy because there's so many factors in it, but you can slow it down to a point where you can get into this groove with it. I wonder if that's why it's such a good a good form of it. I think golf would be too, honestly, because it's such a a precise thing. There's so much that could throw that off. It it forces you to step up to the challenge, and that's where like the service ball was. It was such a ridiculous amount of things that you're doing and you're playing the drums or you're doing different stuff. It forces you to do that. Yeah. Well, I think they they also, with that book, and I know that I started reading that and then got caught up in the other one. Um, it, it, it seems like 
you have to learn Zen through a means. And in this case, it was archery, but it has to be something else. There's no, there's no way to learn Zen. It doesn't make sense. I, I know that much, but, um, but it, there's always a vehicle for something like that because you don't do Zen. It's, <laughs> it's kind right. of a, either a non-doing or a, an undoing. I don't know, but, um, you have to, it, and it reminds me a little bit of, you know, Karate Kid. There's probably a little bit other things going on there, but at the same time, it's like he's trying to, um, and maybe he wasn't doing it. He only knew that he was doing it after the fact, but um, it's, there's something else going on, and I think you probably get better at attending to what's going on, and also yourself. But it, and it's it's very funny to to hear other people talk about those moments of flow or or um where it's it's almost like they went astral, you know, and they they can't explain it very well. I I can't, but it's like suddenly you become aware that it was doing itself. I was I was really I was not number one in control, master of my domain, you know. Um, something else was going on and I'm, I'm peaked, I'm interested. Um, and I'm, I'm probably, I don't know. It's, uh, it's a very unique experience. Is, is Zen almost like the Eastern way of saying it and flow could be like a Western way of saying it? Or do you think flow is a, just a portion of Zen as far as getting to those places? (laughs) I would honestly that, that say that I don't know what the- <laughs> I don't know what Zen is. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I wonder that though. I wonder if the Zen state is is what I think of when I call a flow state. Is that? Bet you. That's the original way because I totally it totally makes sense how you would say like you don't you don't do Zen you don't do flow. It's just something that happens, and it's probably unique to each individual. And you figure out the ways to get you into that state. It's all about you figuring out you. Because flow or Zen can't be. It's not like I can just go. Oh, here have this, and you're like, oh yeah, they're, they're great. Really appreciate that. It's not, yeah. that's, it's not that simple, but it's so simple too. The, that it's like literally removing you. Yeah, and I think the the answer is really not the answer. It, it's not a thing, you know. And when that makes too much sense with the things I've read and the things that we're doing, it um, it's it's a letting go. It's a surrender, and whatever else comes in at that point is probably going to be an experience if it, if anything. Um, but, um, you're, you're conditioned to not surrender. You're conditioned to be in control or to have some type of conditioned pattern, you know? And I think Zen is uh, oddly enough, it's like indirectly trying to push you as hard as you can up into your very limits until you're, you you have to give up and then you're like oh (laughs) um we can't try to give up we can't we can't desire to have no desire so we're gonna do the opposite we're gonna push you until you realize the futility of trying to get anywhere through any means and then there'll be this spontaneous automatic authentic honest surrender and you're like ah (laughs) um 
and they talk uh, the book that I'm reading right now, and I haven't got to archery. It says a lot of that, but he, and he says a whole lot of words to be able to say that over and over again, and to explain it in different ways. But um, it's he says it many times. It's at, at some point, I, I guess the the man that has achieved Satori um, will leave things as they are he'll there'll be these automatic reactions to the universe and and it won't be the resistance that the normal man will will try to affect in the outside world it's going to be it won't be a resistance it'll be something that he really didn't try to will in the normal sense um and but at the same time it's it's kind of like a lot what i've heard before it's um, if you want to figure out what that's like, you got to come all the way because right now these are just words, you know? Um, but I've had enough experience to know, I swear there was one day at work where I was just like, I don't know who the hell is doing this because it ain't me. And it was nice. It was a, it was a nice break, even though my body and I was still thinking, I was still aware, my body was still moving. And yet it was just doing it by itself. And it was it was a lovely break to not have to be in charge of everything. And I realized, like you did, Phil, like, oh, I don't really have to I don't have to attend to these machinations, you know, of the the normal thinking that I think I do and the normal efforting that I normally do. What were you doing during that? Like how how did you reach that state? Do you remember? I I had too much on my plate <laughs> and I was at work and I had, it was very weird because my outside circumstances, I had many things like many people coming up to me with, oh, I've got a question for you on this. I got a question for you on that. We've got a meeting here. Um, it was just weird. I was I was kind of bouncing back and forth between the my um my obligations at work and it just always seemed to be at the right precise moment. But I was just at some point I was just aware that I I had this kind of energy flowing through me and I so it was it was the situation itself. It was like you went overload because i think we've all been there where it's like it's just overload i think that's what the well is it's overload Mm -hmm. and then you you accept yeah and it's that moment that you accept that you get to that state because you're like i can't i can't keep running in red i'll explode so then you back way off and then as you back way off you realize oh wait i'm still running my body's still running in red. It's still doing it without me playing this mind game because it's two separate things. Yeah. Smooth, so smooth mind. It, it felt like, um, to use the analogy, I mean, I've heard it before, but it, it felt like the universe was driving me, you know? Yeah. And it yeah. Was, strangely enough, it's like, even though like, I would think it would still be exhausting for me, it wasn't. Like, yeah. I wasn't dumping all my energy. And it was the whole time was, this is fucking strange. This is, this is lovely. I like it. 
Uh, I'm going to get to the end of this day and I'll, I'm not going to not be tired, but it's going to be that, that, that tired of I've earned this. I'm ready for, I'm ready to go to sleep, but it's a very satisfied day, you know? And whereas I have so many days where it feels like I'm just, um, you feel like you're wasting your, your life energy, you know? And if you ever have a moment to stop, you just kind of feel this weird kind of raw feeling of just having, you know, I, I performed badly because I was, because I was on the opposite side of the spectrum. I was really, um, I was trying to drive too hard over here. Whereas over here it was driving me. And that's where my descriptions break down because I, I don't know. In some ways I just felt like I know how to do this. And if I know how to do this, then it shouldn't be any problem. Just, just do it. And I, I'd never had that thought. I was like in the middle of it, it was like a dream in the middle of it. I just knew that I think the overwhelming feeling I had was I, there was trust, you know? And it wasn't specifically like trust in myself. It was just like, it was just a very generalized trust. I feel like... You go, Phil. Oh, no, no, no. I feel like we can only make like the bridges that get to that point and then those moments happen. And when I would, if I sit in meditation, I can do it with a combination of smooth breathing moving letting my awareness sink down more towards my my heart and chest area just to get it out of my head to try to like fit like try to physically take my awareness in some sort of i'm still imagining it but down into that area and then also pulling dumb face which reminds me what phil was saying with his eyes like i think we saw the same meditation thing where it's like have your eyes half cocked open and i i do get into that state better when I'm like, when I'm just unfocused looking, it's like my mind will start going more when I have my eyes closed and that dumb face, but that gets me there. But then when I was working, I feel like if I would place all my focus on the action that I'm doing and if it was going fast, it'd be like, snap, I'm grabbing that. I'm doing this. I'm, I'm taking myself out of here and getting out there after a while. I just unfocus and flow hits or Zen hits. And yeah, I'm not in any other place so much and there's perfect action. And as soon as I start to, to judge it or be like, Ooh, damn, I'm already back. And then I break something or. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that you'd mentioned it before. Um, there was something about like the, the, the elevation that we're attending to, you know, I think that if there's something standing back from the way I, what my where my attention is in the moment is that i'm attending to too fine of details you know i'm worrying about every little slight course correction where it's whereas the more i'm in flow the more i'm generalizing that focus you know i there's trust that it's going to go in the general direction i'm already heading that way so it's like calm down you're you're driving east don't worry <laughs> like you know um 
and somehow you gotta you gotta trust your body you gotta trust your mind you gotta trust the vehicle you gotta trust all these other things around you and um and even if you get to some other place then so what but um and maybe there's there's problems with all that but when i'm and i've said it before when i'm white knuckling the wheel it's it's exhausting it's not enjoyable it's uh somehow i think that i as a distinct being am the best one for this and i don't know that <laughs> and i i think in that moment i'm also kind of putting the the limitations on what i really am so it's like okay fine you're this little guy you know uh, I'm going to give you all the powers of this little guy, which is not much if you're going to be that way. But it, it, this is this is you not trusting. This is you believing this. And when you kind of, when all that stuff just relaxes, everything else does too. And I've had too many of those moments to think that's coincidence where it's like, wait, when I, when I calm down and relax, the universe relaxes. When I trust, the universe trusts me. When I do this, the universe does that. You know, I, I see, I see that reflection outside my supposed self. It's like, it's a fucking mirror. That's what it is. You know, karma. And I, I, I heard this the other day that made me laugh. I could, I don't know what it. Hopefully, it's not a Demi Lovato song or something. But <laughs> karma, karma's not, karma's not a bitch. Karma's a mirror. And I loved it because I'm like, that's what it is. So, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna lead off with you guys were bringing up so many things so quickly. <laughs> we're in flow. That you're in hey, flow. We're we're, <laughs> yes. we're all. It's happening, and it was great because <laughs> the, this is a habit that I wanted to build. Forgot about it. We've talked about this, the spiral effect that you're like, oh, going around in circles. It's like, no, you're spiraling. That's going to come back around. But are you going to remember it and start utilizing it? And then your your staircase goes higher quicker. Or are you going to have to wait for it to orbit back around in order to grab it again so you can elevate your spiral? But the the habit of just writing down notes you know what what have we done for so long and we've gotten so i mean today we are far better than our very first episode at this we're incredible i'm proud of us of the fact that we're not cutting each other off as much we're listening we're focusing and it helps that the topic that we're talking about is harnessing us it's focusing us and and so each one of us is getting really good time and we're focused on what we are talking about and we're all listening, we're engaged. And so it's like, we're elevating each other. So it's like, boom, 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 boom. So as you're doing that, I'm like, Oh my God, I don't want you to think that I'm not paying attention. No, I knew I'm what just, you were doing. Like my mind. And I was just like, Oh, Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. This is good stuff because these are all thoughts that I've thought before, never recorded and was like, 
I have got to get this stuff out because you are like tapping, 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 just pinging. You know, it's coming from you. It's coming from you, Nate. It's coming from you, Chris. And you're just boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, yeah, got to get this down. Got to get this down. Got to move that staircase up. So it was very exciting. And just, I think, you know, at the, at the forefront of that is just the habit itself of like, let the other person talk. Yeah, you're excited. You have an idea. Write that down because you are so much smarter writing it down than you are when you are even using your voice. Me right now, I'm stupider. That's why everyone always says, like, when I listen to myself, I sound stupid. You are. You're, you're less intelligent when you open your mouth because the your own vibration, and I believe this, your own vibration of your voice disrupts your connection to Zen, to flow itself. It disrupts it. You are, you are a receiver. You're receiving important information all the time. Now, what are we doing when we are open to, we are being a prime receiver, we are open, our mouth is closed, our mind is open, our soul is supposed to be open, but then we are muddying that channel with crap, with commercials, with bad commercials, with bad thought. You're muddying that connection. You're disrupting it. You're doing the work of what your shitty voice would be doing. <laughs> you know, you're, you have that open time. You have that open airway. And you're fucking it up. And that's what everyone's doing. So, um, so I just started jotting down this stuff because you were forcing me into flow in such a good way. And not like overflow way. It was like... Oh, here we are. We're opening up the doors. Oh, this is nice in here. Oh, here's a good thought. Here's a good thought. Here's a good thought. This is worth recording. So a thought that I had was as I have been meditating, and this is crazy because I didn't even remember this. Um, this was probably a week ago as I was building this habit. Thought came to me that everyone talks about mind, body, and spirit. You know, um, I think in Christianity, they, they talk about the Holy Trinity, the Holy Ghost, you know, Father, something or other, the Holy Ghost. And something came to me, um, it was like a week ago as I was doing this, is that there are only, you have three selves, you know, your mind, your body, and your spirit. What I think flow or Zen is, as you were talking about it you're like i'm getting out of the way we're in the well we're working and then you're forced into this zone well what would that be you're not your mind because you're like chris is doing chris is doing chris he's thinking like chris there he is and look at his body his body is moving so what you're effectively doing and you know it's rare because you can see it like once in video with Michael Jordan being in flow he is his spirit so he's able to defy all laws when he's in that in that state and i know from that feeling where i'm like this is i'm not here a lot mm. <laughs> i am not here often this is rare well it's because you're getting out of your mind and your body and you are in your soul you are in your spirit so your your perspective is completely different yeah. you're not there often 
So that's what you're trying to achieve through that activity. But you can only get there when what, I mean, you're not going to get there if you're learning something new. It's not the purpose of that. So that is, that is the, you know, the art of archery that is Zen through that practice is that they would have to have done that a million times, that same activity a million times. So then they're out of their body. They might still be in their head, but then that's what they're practicing is they're meditating. They're getting to a, a, a point where they have no disruptions. And now they're fully connected because they have occupied their body. They have emptied their mind and now they're in their soul and the soul is finally able to do what it does through you when i think that well you mentioned even just learning something new i i think that i've noticed something there although i think it's a little different i think with the, the learning something new at least you don't you have a disruption to your normal shit and so but you are learning something new. You're not you have, you're not a master of it by any means. Um, but you're channeling something else when you've got the the ten thousand kicks, the ten thousand you know arrows yeah. released. Um, and as much as there might be uh, some apprehension about doing the same thing over and over, as far as the progressive increase in doing something. Um, I'm sorry, I'm probably mudding your waters with this. Um, but I think you can you can start to see yourself. I'm sorry. Don't be. No. I, and that, I think just that right there is a, is a great reminder for all of us. I think, Phil, what you're talking about, how we all feel like we get lost in, in speaking. I think most of us are either we're in one of two states is that you're either thinking and usually we're overthinking or we're talking, but those are both kind of rough drafts. And I think the pen to the paper is that laser beam. Those notes is where you, you really, you're going through the thoughts. And I had a thought recently that it was right as I was going off to bed and it was one of those ones where it just hits you and you're unfocused and a good thought comes in and it's that you have to think the thoughts yourself. If there's a good idea out there, take it and think through it, write it down, go through and see those things. And we tell ourselves the menus, the, not the meal deal. Like we tell ourselves that we understand the things, but it blows my mind more and more when I actually go through something and I'm like, Oh, and it's almost like a cliche platitude that you're like, yeah, yeah I get it, but I didn't. And I think it's it's the 10,000 things, Chris. I think it's all those distractions that we have. We think we get more than we really do. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, a lot of the, the fact that they're so pernicious, too, is the fact that we we think that they are so cliche. You see, The platitude is... <sighs> when there is truth to a platitude or some type of cliche... It's unfortunate because it probably has a lot of truth to it that we don't take seriously anymore and we're immune to it. And when we really stop to, to think about it in this moment fresh, we might actually understand, you know, with, with a little bit of life in it. Um, 
I, I have this at the beginning of these couple weeks of realizing going through my day that I think in I think thinking is I, I don't think it's thinking but I think on an ongoing basis what we normally think of as thinking is just like the equivalent of background music you know you've got a soundtrack that you normally play and you don't have to think about it it's not anything that is your from your free will and it's just playing like a tape recorder you know and i saw very quickly if i started to like schedule time i and going through the day i would try to focus just very generally not try to catch myself as many times as possible trying to um focus on the details too much and stop myself and try to go back to that general and if something did pique my interest write it down write it down so i didn't have to think about it anymore because i'm not in a state to think right now stop trying to you're, you're not doing what you think you're doing you're so much better at it than this and you can't devote all your attention um you're just going to be sitting there stewing about this problem when you're not there you know and so I would write down these little bullet points and I'd come back to it at a certain point. I would give it five minutes and I could get more done in five minutes devoting all my focus to it and actually thinking. And I had those moments of feeling like, oh, my God, I never do this. No, of course you don't. Um, I, I, before I went home today, I did a couple notes as far as this episode was concerned. And I found myself driving home and and thinking about of all of all things i was thinking about questions and for some reason the idea of a question of you know um you know why are we doing what we're doing we want to be happy and the, the question of what is happiness came in my head and the only answer i could muster is uh, well, uh, you know, happiness, being happy. And it's like, it's ridiculous. We Thinking for a couple seconds about anything makes you realize that you don't even know what you're aiming at. But the power is being able to go, that's the thing I need to think about. Or another thing that came up the other day for me and I wrote it down. I don't remember what prompted it. And it was in the middle of developing a database at work and i wrote down the first question is never the real question i don't know how that ended up on the paper and i was all what the hell did that but i got in the habit of just always having that pen and paper right there and it's beautiful it needs to be at my side at all times because it might as well have been somebody else who did that because it wasn't me but i think um, those are the best yeah. ones oh god it's so good I think when you're talking earlier about authentic desires, authentic wants, it's the same kind of stuff where it's like the only thing that's stopping you from diving full into getting that is conditions that you set up of, ah, it's got to be this way or it's got to be that way. All these mind things where the, the initial want isn't right on the money, but when you get the right, when you keep going further with it and see what you really want, which really speaks to you. In any way that it shows up, in any possible thing, it's it's the the baseline of what you want to happen. Then you get these crazy pings from the universe, and it starts to unfold for you. And you're like, "What the hell?" 
but it's never the first one. It's it's the same thing. It's never it's never the surface level stuff. That's yeah. But wouldn't that be one of those things where by getting down to the authentic the the quote unquote authentic desire and the authentic you is that you're getting down to a level a simple a simple pathway to something that makes sense on so many levels to you you have no resistance to it it's like no that that's great that's what i want to happen or or that's the right question it's that you got below the levels of mind and condition condition conditions judgments anything like that that would potentially hold it away from you. And maybe that's exactly what's holding it away from you is that you didn't get clear enough and focused on it. Cause I am blown away how unfocused I really am with things where I think like, no, I'm working on this. I'm doing that. And then you, when you do have a moment of clarity, you realize I don't even know what I want. Well, and that just kind of working through that myself. <laughs> that's yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks for, for uh, indulging me right there. I had to get that clear. <laughs> no, and I, I feel like I'm always doing that too. It, it feels like that's, I'm trying to work out something that's not clear in my head. And, you know, I wish we gave ourselves a lot more time to do that. Because, um, I don't know, it, it it's so refreshing to have that thought, or even if it's just being heard from another person. And... Um, God, I, I, I listened to this, uh, I listened to this talk and it was from a, a Zen teacher online and he was, he was giving these, uh, these, uh, these assignments to students and he was talking with another teacher, uh, in the video saying that he would, you know, give these assignments to students and one of them was, you know, go home and write about this or go uh i forget if it was a writing assignment or if it was a go to church or something and he was asking like they all failed to do it basically and he had said um he asked the question why did you fail to do it and everyone said they didn't know like they they couldn't come up with a good answer as to why they didn't do it and one girl finally said which I thought it was a great, honest answer. She's like, I didn't do it because I thought I'd be wasting my life. And it it wasn't so important, like a feeling of what she was saying, but just the fact she was being honest. And it's funny because I don't think people are lying. I think they want to know the answer, but there was something so effective and clear and cutting about about knowing the real reason why you do something or you, or whether you don't do it you know it's so often i think your honesty is hidden from yourself and it's amazing when i see it my my own honesty or I, at least i see somebody else being very sincere and honest it feels like a rare thing and it, it always, um, God, this came up for me. And I was, I, I tend to, to think about this stuff when I'm driving on my commutes and it, it's just a wonderful place for me to actually do some real thinking and, uh, driving home today, thinking about that happiness, uh, this episode, that happiness question. Um, 
I, re- I was reminded of Goodwill Hunting. And it was a scene that I thought was really emotional, but it really wasn't about like having this feel good moment with another person or expressing your feelings. It was Robin Williams character telling Matt Damon, Will, you know, he's basically coming clean. He knows he's been beaten, you know, in the past. And he kind of knows his, his whole disposition, his resistance against people being the tough guy, being the smart ass and doing all this is just kind of a, um, a face, a mask he wears to this, this, you know, this child inside that was really, was really fucked up. And Robin Williams kind of sees this and he wants to break him down. Not because he, I don't think he, uh, he doesn't want to hurt him by any means. He doesn't want to, I don't know. He, he had said, it's not your fault. And Damon's character says, I know, no, it's not your fault. And he just keeps pushing in on him and saying, it's not your fault. And you just see Damon's character go like, he's fighting within himself and you could see that's what's going on and he says don't fuck with me not not you not you and the first time i saw it i was very emotional and and then he just breaks down but like what i saw was he's being a a teacher of some sort for him or at least trying to be some type of guide to his own self-honesty which is painful but radically effective radically transformative and i think that's the scary part is that sometimes the hardest part about that is really finding out your own reasons